Have you got five minutes? The phrase that sends chills down the spine of every people person around the world. I'm Florentine, a newbie in the people field. And I'm Paul, and as a senior people and culture professional, I've got this question a lot. That seemingly innocent question that turns into a big topic, an unexpected turn of events, or a really complex problem. Let's face it, it's rarely ever just five minutes. Join us as we dive into the weird, funny, and strange situations we encounter in our day-to-day work. And welcome to our first episode where we will discuss the most interesting have you got five minute moments after company events. <laughs> wow, Flo, I think this topic can potentially be a minefield. Yeah, definitely agree. So we are not alone. So I asked the audience uh, to help us out. Uh, we requested if they could share their have you got five minute moments. And based on their input, we have created some very interesting yeah topics that we will discuss during this episode. <laughs> well, Flo, it sounds like we're going to have some fun. Um, should we dive right in? Yeah, I'm really excited to learn about this topic as I'm a newbie. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. Let's go. So to give you a bit more context, uh, we will request every episode the input of the audience. So you uh, and we will request your have you got five minute moments. And yeah, for this episode, I thought something was very yeah, surprising, I would say. So a lot of people actually don't even know what the people team does or where we are involved in. They, for example, think that we mainly organize the snacks in the office and that we are mainly responsible for organizing company events. What do you think of this, Paul? <laughs> That's quite funny. Uh, and yeah, I have I have heard this a lot, right? Like, um, so yeah, do you just organize parties and organize the snacks in the office? <laughs> what do you actually do? Um, so when it comes to party planning, uh, and I think this is a really interesting topic because, you know, in relation to the people and culture team um, and parties, it really depends on the, on the company. Yeah. Um, so companies that I've worked in, you know, usually it falls under the remit of the of the office manager. Okay. Uh, and but this is interesting, right? Because the office manager may or may not be part of the people team because the office manager usually sits in the in the facilities team and in some companies, uh, the facilities team. So, you know, to give you an example, um, when uh, I was working at Fourthline and then also at Ticketswap as well, the office manager was very much part of the people team, mm-hmm. which I thought was great because uh, they had a real impact on the experience. Uh, of the team of the employees on, on they had a really big impact on employee experience um but in other companies like when i was working at channel engine uh during the summer uh the the office manager was still responsible for parties but they sat uh they actually reported directly to the chief of staff so it really depends on the structure of uh of the company um but typically like that's what that's what i see it falls under the remit of the office manager now that being said um if we look at it from like a longer term perspective, uh, then we want to uh, like make sure that there is some kind of people team engaged, right? And and the reason for that is because um, we uh, party the parties is is one really important employee engagement tool. So it's a really good tool to use to reward people and engage them. So usually, like we see the people team involved at some kind of level. Okay. So I, I see. And how do you then, for example, make sure that, that the, the office manager, they, for example, don't know how to maybe include the cultural values uh, of, of a company into a, a company party? So how do you then make sure yeah, that is included when you organize something? Yeah, really good question, Flo. So um, 
what we usually see, and let me let me give you some really good examples, right, from companies that uh, I've worked for or heard of. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when I was working uh, uh, on an assignment at TicketSwap uh, last year, they had uh, the TicketSwap dance event. So they organized, uh, obviously, like TicketSwap is uh, a ticket swapping platform. So we yeah. have Amsterdam dance event in Amsterdam. Uh, they're based in Amsterdam. So it was really cool, like, to see them use Ooh. during, like, the, the ADE time. They had a TicketSwap dance event. Um, other companies that uh, I've, I've heard about are doing really cool stuff like uh, Gobuni, uh, who the Airbnb of camper, camper vans. Um, they organize like a camping trip for their team. So oh. there's some really cool ways you can incorporate that. But yeah, I think this is why you usually see some kind of involvement from the people team uh, more in like, like let's say, a, a strategic level. So making sure that they might look at the party calendar for the whole year and go, okay, cool, like what... Uh, what events do we do? How can they match the the culture? Mm-hmm. Another thing as well is something that you see a lot is uh, is culture teams. So or or even party squads. Oh, seen, party squad! Yeah, That's party cool. squad. Let's go. Um, so yeah, the party squad usually is a group of people from across the company, uh, from different teams and departments. Because yeah, different teams have different requirements, right? Yeah. Typically, what you see is let's say the commercial functions in an organization, they were more way, way more outgoing and they would much prefer like the party with the drinks, et cetera, yeah. the dance floor. Whereas some other teams might be um, uh, a little bit more reserved, right? And they're going to need other things. So yeah. um, I think you actually gave me a, a good example of a games night or something. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, there was a the company that I worked for. And there were a lot of people that loved strategic games like poker, chess. So we organized a games night. Um, and yeah, it was actually very fun uh, because also for people that never played the game before, they could actually get a um, like a, d- a dummy lesson. <laughs> so it was a good one. Um, better to follow up on that because, um, yeah, of course, it's important to include your company values uh, on company yeah. events. But how do you then make sure that the, 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 the events are inclusive? Like, is that because your party squad is then a bit more inclusive? So you have people from different departments with different opinions or how would you approach that? Uh, yeah, for sure. So I think um, that's a really, like starting off like that, if we have the the party squad, they're going to be able to bring different viewpoints. So, you know, as you know, like diversity drives innovation. So if we have a really diverse uh, team, then uh, we can make sure the events are inclusive. And that doesn't necessarily mean to say that... Um, like every event will apply to everyone, but you can have different events throughout the year catering for for different groups in the organization. But just to link it back to your original question about the role of the people team. So um, yeah, these are the kind of things that the people team need to think about, right? Like uh, how do we make sure that it sticks with the company values? How do we make sure it's inclusive? Mm. Um, and that's really where the the role of the people team comes in. And And what you'll find is actually on the... Uh, the day of the event, it's more like the office manager, the party squad who are, are running things. They're deciding where the venue is, what we're going to do, if it's a party with food uh, or drinks. And and that's a, another way to keep it inclusive, right? Like how you can have different elements at the party, uh, maybe starting out with a meal and then moving to the dance floor. So different people <laughs> applies to them. All right. Interesting. And and now you mentioned on the day of the event. Yes. Uh, we got a lot of very interesting like questions slash story from the audience. Um, and that was actually an have you got five minute moment when somebody mentioned that what to do when an employee comes to you with a complaint about close or lack of close of a team member during a company event. Like say you're on a party, somebody walks in in, for example, gym clothing. What should you then do as HR? 
Yeah. So I think this is a, a really interesting topic and it's a challenging one as well, right? Because um, in this day and age, we really express our identity for our clothing, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's very personal to us. It's how Agreed. I'm going to express myself. Yeah. So I think it's very difficult to be critical of what people are wearing. Um, uh, so it, it is something that I would usually try to steer away from. Um, obviously, the, you know, in, in the example you gave, uh, someone's turning up in maybe an inappropriate outfit or a provocative outfit. My, my question would be, okay, well, like, why did they think to wear that? Because usually, like, when we have a party, it comes with an invitation, right? Like, as you yeah. know, we have the the seven people uh, uh, ugly sweater or, or what is it? Wrong Christmas. Sweater. Wrong Christmas, I think wrong it's Wrong Christmas sweater, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's quite clear, like, okay, well, I need to show up in my Christmas outfit, right? Like, yeah. Um, uh, whereas... Uh, or like in the summer, we had the uh, the disco bingo uh, mm -hmm. event at seven people. So, you know, I need to come in my disco outfit. Yeah. So usually uh, this is if someone is turning up to the event in an, an outfit that we might think is inappropriate. I would say there's been um, some kind of like mistake or issue somewhere else. Right. Maybe the invitation wasn't clear. Uh, that's the kind of thing that I would think about. Yeah. Um, or also as well. Um, uh, I think when we get dressed, right, like we make a decision on what to wear. Mm -hmm. So when that person got dressed, they thought this would be an acceptable thing to wear. So that yeah. for me, the, the kind of things I'm thinking about is, okay, well, like there's a uh, maybe a cultural uh, issue with the company or the there was something about the company culture that made that person think it's acceptable to wear the outfit. Okay. If I understand correctly, everybody can just wear what they want. As long as it fits, yeah, within the company culture, right? Yeah, I think that's true. Like, as long as it's fitting within the company culture, and you know, as I mentioned in the in the invite, fitting into the the guidelines. Um, obviously, like, there's a limit to that. You know, making sure that uh, we're not offending people, and then if people are being offended, then we need to open up the conversation. Um, but like, I would really hope that would come from their friends at work or their team. Uh, maybe in some cases, their manager. Yeah. Rather than approaching the HR team saying, hey, this person's uh, outfit is inappropriate. You should do something about it. Um, in that scenario, I would, uh, first of all, challenge that person and be curious to why they're offended by this outfit. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. then if we really feel the need to open up a conversation with the individual, I'd probably get uh, either the person that brought this news to me, uh, I'd, I'd coach them how to have that conversation or uh, their manager or someone in their team. Okay, good one. Thank you. Um, then I want to move on to the next topic uh, because, yeah, we got a lot of interesting ones from the audience. Um, so another have you got five minute moment from, from the audience. What to do when a colleague gets very drunk at a party and makes people uncomfortable? Yeah, I think we've all been there at uh, parties <laughs> when this happens. Um, and yeah, hopefully... Uh, uh, well, I say hopefully, even me as well. Maybe I've had one too many at the company party, right? Really? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the thing is with this is, uh, and again, kind of links to what I was saying before, is that you would hope there's some kind of uh, social control. And what I mean by that is um, that there's a duty of care, right? Like yeah, there's a duty of care people have to one another. Um, so when this is happening, like first of all, I think that it's important that uh, uh, the 
your friends and your team around you uh, helping you out saying, you know, maybe, maybe you've had too many, like maybe it's time to go home. Um, that's the kind of thing that, that I'm thinking about with this one. So not only HR that, that is involved, but more like that the friends of the, of the person involved and the colleague friends say, hey. Yeah, this exactly. And I think you make a really good point about the people team, right? The HR team, because uh, some people think we're the, we're the fun police, right? Yeah. Uh, but I would actually say you want the people team to be the drivers and owners of your culture. So uh, I, usually what I've seen at company parties is, is the people team who are leading the charge at the party and, and getting the party started. And if we're having a dance floor, they're the ones on the dance floor getting everyone up and dancing. So uh, it's difficult for them to be the party starters and also the uh, also the, the fun police. Yeah. Um, what is then, for example, the role of the manager in this? If somebody on their team is really drunk and misbehaving, shouldn't they also do something yeah. about this? Yeah, again, you would hope it wouldn't get to the manager level, right? You would hope that um, the, the people around them, their friends and co-workers are, uh, are giving that feedback on the spot. Um, but what if the manager is the one that really gets really drunk, for example, and misbehaves on a company party? Who should then intervene? This is a good question, right? And then where my mind is immediately going is uh, uh, we have HR business partners in, in companies, right? Yeah. Um, and when we talk about HR business partners or people in culture, business partners, uh, their role is usually, let's say on a day-to-day -day basis, to support managers. So actually in this scenario, I could see that happening. Uh, obviously, managers also have managers, right? The directors mm, and the, 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 the VPs. So um, uh, it's possible that they would uh, have... A word of them and i think this is uh the the, the way these conversations usually go are, are along the lines of hey look like you're a manager in this organization uh you're a leader um and even though you might not think it people do follow your example so it's really important to think about the example that you're setting yeah so really also yeah let managers feel responsible to lead by example also on company events yeah exactly exactly okay. All right. And and also as well, like what I have seen um, at uh, companies is you have like a designated uh, like non-drinker, I think that's the word, uh, or like trusted person yeah. um, who is the go-to person if anything gets out of hand. Yeah, because for me personally, if that would be HR, the bar would be quite high to, to make a complaint, for example, the next day if I felt uncomfortable by a colleague that I don't know, did something to me when this person was drunk. If then the next step would be, hey, you have to give a complaint to HR. I'm not sure if I would do that. So how, like, is the trusted person always HR or should it be, can it also be somebody else? Yeah, so I have seen this in companies where the, and in, in, in Dutch we have the vertrouwensperson, right? <laughs> vertrouwensperson, yeah, really yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I have seen that be the person in the people team. Typically, uh, it's not for the reason that you just mentioned, right? Because if you're going to, go to HR with a complaint, then yeah, that's quite a serious uh, incident. Um, so typically, or, or, or at least what I advise companies is the Vitrales person can be someone outside of uh, outside of the people team. Mm -hmm. um, it depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about, talking about on the day of the event, then uh, yeah, that could be someone. Uh, after the event, um, then there's also other tools, right? Like that you can get advice from before you necessarily yeah. raise the... Complaint and, and and the other thing you can do as well is have the informal conversation with the people team. Okay. Doesn't necessarily have to be a complaint all the time. No, exactly. Okay. And 
Is it also, for example, normal in a company event to appoint people that, for example, don't drink and keep a bit of like, uh, if something really bad happens, if somebody needs to go to the hospital, that there's always a sober person or? Yeah, actually, so I, from what I've seen in smaller companies, no. Mm-hmm. Um, so smaller companies I've worked for, not so much. But yeah, when you're getting to a bigger company side, so maybe like, let's say over 250 people, then that is uh, that is quite typical because Obviously, the more people you have, the more uh, likelihood yeah. there is for something to go wrong. Uh, and there's other things you can think about, right? Like making sure there's enough food at the party. Um, uh, I've, I've been to parties before where we're having like really fancy canapes, but it wasn't enough food, right? Oh, yeah. And everyone just wants pizza and fries. Uh, so, yeah, it's important to think about these things as well and think to think about, okay, like how... Sometimes parties are after work, right? And you're like, okay, well, the party's after work. And then it's, if it's going to go on until 1 a.m. or something like that, then we need quite a lot of food, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to have a designated non-drinker, that is uh, relatively common indeed. Indeed. And maybe also transportation, because you definitely also not want people to go behind the wheel. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you really yeah. hope that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that they wouldn't. Um, yeah. Uh, luckily, here in Amsterdam, we all cycle everywhere, right? So That is true. Makes it a little bit easier. And for um, move is also dangerous when you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And like I said, it uh, comes back to the clear communication, right? Because we always have uh, invitations uh, for parties. And uh, usually, uh, I see people making them on Canva. If you don't use Canva, it's a really good tool for uh, <laughs> making invitations. Uh, and you can say that there, right? Like... You know, yeah, the the party is a time to cut loose, but um, also remember that we still expect people to act responsibly. Okay, thank you for that. Um, yeah, also another interesting topic that is definitely related to company events okay. is something a bit more romantic, not related to misbehaving, uh, but also a person from the audience asked, what HR or people should do when employees start kissing on a company event? Should HR intervene or do something about that? Would you intervene on someone <laughs> kissing? <laughs> no. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, no, indeed. I don't. Uh, I won't definitely not intervene. My personally approach would be like, let them go have fun. What is your uh, view on that? So, I mean, I think we've all been there at company parties, right? Where... Uh, uh, romance starts um so i wouldn't say it's uncommon i think it's about like reading the room right so let's say uh if it's a more like smaller company event and then maybe it's not appropriate um so for example if it is well we had our like seven people high tea last mm-hmm. week right so obviously no one's going to start um making out at the at the <laughs> high tea event um so and that's how you can link it to your company culture, right? So if you if you want your company culture to be uh, uh, like super, uh, way more professional, a lot more relaxed atmosphere, then your events can reflect that. If your company culture is a more like work hard, play hard culture and you're going to have um, parties with lots of drinks, which is fine, right? As long as it's an intentional choice by the leadership, then it's possible these things uh, might happen. So I think it really depends on, uh, on the timing. It depends on who it is as well. But uh I, you would hope that people think, okay, well, maybe, maybe um, uh, making out like in front of everyone might be a bad idea with my coworkers, right? You would hope mm-hmm. people have these thoughts, and maybe uh, they they might want to like go yeah. outside or, or leave, assuming, yeah, that it's uh, 
common sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think it really depends on the situation. I, I wouldn't. I, I I can't really see jumping in to intervene if um, uh, to go back to your example with like managers uh, and employees. If you think about yeah, you know, again, if you're a manager in the company, and it depends if they're in your team or not. Um, yeah. Uh, so. Okay. And I mean, I've actually read an article uh, in Forbes and it said that 43% of marriages start at work. I think that is amazing and very interesting. So you already mentioned it kind of. So what is if that kissing turns into something more romantic than only a flirt, but it turns into a relationship? Should people then tell this to HR? Yeah. So firstly... Did you say 40% of marriages start 43%. Work? Wow, that's a lot. That's really a lot. Um, but I also think it makes sense, right? Because uh, work can be a really high-pressure environment. You're working with these people all the time. Um, and when we're in high-pressure environments, that's what really uh, strengthens people's bonds. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like when we go to the team building event, it's it's pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and work is, you know, quite a, quite a high, can be quite a high-pressure environment. So... I'm not surprised that relationships happen in these situations because actually you can really see someone's uh, admirable um, admirable qualities. So I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I think it's a great, maybe work is a great place to meet people. Uh, what I would say is, and this has happened to me before, um, uh, let's say the rumor mill starts and someone finds out people are in a relationship and, and what has happened uh, when I've, you know, as a business partner is I've been approached and said, hey, uh you know someone maybe a leader in the organization will say um yeah paul did you know that these two people are are dating each other and then i may or may not know sometimes i do know (laughs) sometimes (laughs) i don't um and in that scenario you just you start to ask questions right you start to qualify you say okay cool well are they uh in the same team yes or no um sometimes they can be in the same team but that can be difficult because if they're working very closely together uh, are they the the same level? Because if they're at different levels, you need to think about um, power dynamics and conflicts oh, yeah. of uh, of conflicts of interest. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, let's say that uh, you're in the leadership team of a department. Uh, that means you're involved could could be involved in performance discussions, calibrations, and you know salary conversations. So if you have influence over um, uh, someone's career and uh, compensation, then yeah, maybe that person is not a good person to 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 date. Um, that being said, if you know they're like they're in different teams, their roles don't even overlap, um, and there's no conflict of interest, then I think yeah, go for it. Yeah, have fun. Uh, I know I've even seen you know when we're working at companies, uh, their uh, their partners actually apply for jobs there, and 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 the couple ends up in the same company, right? Yeah. I love it, to be honest. I mean, 43%, I think that's a very cool thing. Yeah. One thing I would say, though, is, uh, again, it links to company culture because I've worked for companies before where uh, compliance is a huge topic. You know, if you're looking at fintech companies, uh, financial services, um, uh, because these are regulated companies, uh, they have a very high level of compliance. And so uh, you might like, if you if you are in a relationship at work, you might like to think about declaring it yourself going approaching the people team yourself and saying hey you know we're in a relationship what should we do about it um 
uh, and then at least they know and then they can make a decision on what to do. Yeah. So it is not always necessary to tell HR? Not always, no. I don't think no. so. No. I, I, again, it depends on your type of company. I think if you're working in uh, a regulated company, it's, it's, it would be necessary if there's some kind of like overlap in, in work. Yeah. Um, in, in these cases, and, and, and again, like going to HR straight away is already a big jump, right? There's an yeah. in-between step of like going to your manager or speaking to another uh, another colleague. You might like to check with the vitriols person, with the trusted person. Mm -hmm. um, there's other tools. A lot of companies are using uh, 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 services like OpenUp. Yeah. Uh, maybe they can offer some uh, kind of coaching or guidance on that. So I think there's like lots of uh, resources. Um, yeah. I think it's better to be public, right? Because <laughs> if, if you're hiding it, why are you hiding it? I yeah. think, of course, you're going to maybe hide it in the initial stages. But once you're in a relationship, then... Uh... Well, thank you, Paul, for all of your knowledge. I think I've actually already learned a lot during this podcast. What's your What are your key takeaways, Flo? Um, good question. Um, I think my key takeaways the, will be that now on company events, managers and yeah, I think managers should always lead by example with behave, behaviors. Uh, so it's not only HR that should fix every trouble, but it is also, um, yeah, the manager's responsibility and actually also the responsibility of the coworker. So if your coworker friend does something that is maybe not appropriate, just walk up to them and say something about it. We should always try to include the company cultural values into the, the company events. Um, and we should encourage love at work. That is also a key takeaway that I have. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, but I do think it's a, it's a good thing. And if it happens and there are no conflicts of interest or power dynamics or whatever, then just let it go. Then it's just none of our business, right? I mm. mean, uh, HR should also not be involved in any, everything. I guess what it comes down to in the end is treating people like they're adults. Yeah. Um, and also when we are having to uh, open up conversations, then it is not necessarily the people team that has the conversation. Yeah. But um, we might be a little bit more uh, experienced in uh, the ways of delivering messages. And exactly. A different communication models so we can empower uh, people to have the conversations uh, as enablement, like people enablement. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for this, Paul. I thought it was really interesting, our first podcast. Yeah, for it was the super fun. Yeah. For the audience, um, yeah, stay tuned because uh, next month we will be back with another interesting Have You Got Five Minute moment. We will definitely uh, request your input again. Uh, so your expertise, your stories, uh, yeah, you name it. So hopefully see you again next time. Thank you. Thank you.